Good singing and playing. Good thing they do it, huh? Elsewise, y'all have to listen to me. I'm good. You'd have to love me then. Nah, not that bad. Not that bad. Lord would help me. Lord would help me. Glory to God. Well, here we are again. Hallelujah. Pastors are uh, getting quiet, hearing from God. Right? Getting direction, you know. We don't want to just run off, do whatever we feel like doing, do we? We want to do what God has for us to do. we got pastors that are led by the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord. I don't know about you all, but I'm counting on it daily. Glory to God as, uh, as I follow closely behind them with the help of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Well, let's, uh, let's look at the Word today. It's always good. Always good. You know, when I'm studying and, and uh, looking at things about God, and, you know, it always comes up in my heart the same thing over and over again. He's good. And I know I say that a lot, and I, and I don't expect I'm going to quit anytime soon because He is good. And, and it is what people not only need to hear, it's what they want to hear. People that know it need to know it more. People that don't know it want to know it. People want to believe that God is good. That They, they want to. Now, they may not know it yet, but they do want to. Glory to God. Well, let's look at uh, Hebrews 1.3 today. And, and the one thing that will keep us down is our vision of God. It's not, you know, a lot of people say, well, faith, faith is not what you see. Well, you want to see who you have faith in. You want to see Him with your spiritual eyes. You've got people out there in the world today that have their own vision of God. They've decided what they believe about Him by what others have told them. Not by His Word, not by the truth, but by experience, tradition. You've got people that don't even know Him that will tell you how He is. You have people that say, well, if He was a good God, He wouldn't let people to go to hell. Well, <laughs> you know what? You better get to know Him. He, he isn't going to let people go to hell. He's going to give them a choice not to. He's going to He sent His Son to guarantee they wouldn't have to. Glory to God. But He's also not going to make their choice for them. But He's not going to make our choice to believe in His goodness either. He's not going to, he's not going to come to me and He's going to say, Dave, I'm good, and you will believe that. Right? Right? It's like when your mom said you're going to eat your vegetables because you're good. You didn't believe her. (laughs) Right? You thought she was mean. She was making you eat those vegetables. That was mean, too. (laughs) No, no. But but we have a choice in this. And and He sent us His Word. And And people say, well, we just have to believe that He's good. You not only have to believe it, but He sent His Word to show us how good He is. It's not, we can have faith in something we can truly see. Because we can see Him by faith. Faith does have eyes. And it can see. It will not see the circumstances. It will not see the problem. But it always can see the answer. And He sent Jesus. Right? Hebrews 1.3 He sent Jesus. Put that up in the King James for me. Hebrews 1.3 Jesus, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power. Jesus. Look, look, look at that in the Amplified. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being the outrang or radiance of the divine and He is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Let me stop right there. You want to know what God looks like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God would do? What did Jesus do? It's, it's all, you know, I remember when I first started teaching Bible studies, people would say, oh, I'm so excited about the Word. I'm going to start reading it every day. I'm going to start in Genesis, and I'm going to read it all the way through. And I'd say, nah, don't do that. Don't do that. Get in, the, get, in the, get in the Gospels first. Read that New Testament first. Get Hear about Jesus. 
so that your understanding won't be skewed of the Old Testament. Because if you'll hear about Jesus, then you'll know. Then you can read the Old Testament with knowledge. You know, you just start in the Old Testament, I'll guarantee you, you, you open to the book of Ecclesiastes a couple times and you don't know nothing. You say, oh, wow, I might as well go hide in my house for a while because there ain't nothing good going to be happening right now. But Ecclesiastes is a good book when you look at it in the light of Jesus Christ. Everything in the Word is good and true. And if we want a true image of God, a true image of God, if you want to see Him daily, look at Jesus. Watch what Jesus did. Look at Acts 10.38. Acts 10.38. Glory to God. These are verses we know and we've seen. Good verses. You know, we can uh, see what we haven't seen, and we can see more of what we've already seen. And that, that's the nice thing about God. We're, we're not going to get so far with Him that we know it all. Right? Because you can't get to the end of, of what doesn't have an end. Right? <laughs> you don't get to the end of it. It doesn't have an end. Glory to God. Acts 10.38 I was on my way there. Somewhere. 10.38. Glory to God. Starting 37. You know what has happened throughout all Judea, beginning in Galilee, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing all those that were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Look at that in the King James. They already had it up. I confused them. See that? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Anybody in here anointed with the Holy Ghost and power? Huh. Wow. You guys might be the image of God sometime, huh? Me too. Glory to God who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Jesus was a picture of God. If you read the Gospels, if you begin in Matthew and you start looking at what Jesus did, He did good things. Right? He did great things. He didn't come up to situations and say, Oh, well, you know, this one, God planned it this way. I know it's going to hurt, but you can't get healed because God planned this to teach you something. Can you find that in the gospel? Well, it's in the gospel of the world today. I hear it all the time. I even have people, they say, they say, well, you know, I'm just glad I went through that or I wouldn't be where I... You know what? I'm into learning the easy way. I, I do not like... Uh, you know... And, and I'm not saying I haven't learned a few things. That's how I know I don't like learning the hard way. But, man, I like easy. I like to hear from the Lord and Him to say, do it this way. And you say, oh, and you just say, well, okay. Isn't that, isn't that neat? Isn't that like a novel idea? Because, you know, there's times where He'll say, do it this way. And I'll say, well, you know, that seems okay, but this looks good. And, and He won't say nothing. He'll just let me go off and do it on this looks good. Well, this looks good will get you in a whole lot of trouble. Right? I don't want to do it that way, and I don't want to do it that way for two reasons. I want to do it God's way because it's easy. I want to learn that way. I want to hear Him and say, yeah, yeah, that's right. Two plus two is four. I'm not going to write three because three will mess up my whole mathematic equation from there on. Two plus two is four, and it always will be. That's the way it is. And when God says, do it this way, I want to just be obedient and do it. Why? Because I trust Him. But you don't trust who you don't think is good. That's why the devil has spent so much time in this world today trying to get us to tell people he's not good. And you know, it's, it's a, it is a common practice for people to stand behind a pulpit and say, God is good all the time, and sometimes He'll hurt you. 
to teach you that. No. God is good. In fact, is I've got to correct my own self. I've said that His vision of good and our vision of good is the same. That's not true. His is better. When He says He's good, He's better than you can imagine. He, he is looking for good things to do for us. He's looking for ways into our life to keep us on a good path. He is not looking for a way to teach us with a hammer in the head. No. Anybody teaching their kids? Don't raise your hand if you are, because there's probably police in here somewhere. But that's not how we teach our kids here. That's not how good fathers teach their kids, is it? Right? You ever seen, when, you, when your kid was three, you said, oh, that stove's hot, don't, well, here, just come here. Psh! No, nobody puts their kid's hand on the stove. No. No, they, they say, that's hot, don't do that. And then if they try to get near it again, no, no, no. And they'll try their best. Right? That's what God does for us. He's a good God. He will try everything in His power to get you to choose wisely. To get you to do what He's shown you to do in His Word. But if we have a poor vision of Him, we'll override Him and we'll not even allow Him into circumstances and situations to keep us in the correct way. Right? If, we, if we're into questioning God's goodness, you know, um, it was a year and a week ago that my mom passed away. And to this day, I still have people, and my mom was a great lady. She's a great woman of God. She was. She still is. Still is. You know, she's up in heaven, probably has a whole line of preachers she could listen to today, probably trying to listen to me. Love me that much. Glory to God. But she is not right. God's Word is right. I don't base what I believe because she didn't get healed or I, what could I have done. I don't entertain those thoughts. I do have people all the time try to get me to. Well, you know, your mom, why couldn't we do that? Why, you know, I don't entertain that thought. That's, that's, not, that's not my call. I won't know that this side of heaven. What I do know is the very thing that she taught me and the Word, con- the word taught me and she confirmed. How about that? God's good. And what He does is good things. I'm not going to question His goodness at any time. I'm not getting off of that foundation because that foundation and that vision of God is what will see you through forever. If you have a place in your life where you'll question Him, you will get to it. You will get to it. Don't let that place exist. Daily, daily get into the Word and increase your vision of His goodness, of Him being a good and caring God, a loving Father. Amen? We want our vision to be so great of Him that nothing can knock us off It doesn't matter, though the earth shall shake. Right? We don't care. He's good. We don't want to come to that point and and say, well, I've done everything. I've I've been to church. And you, you need to stop right there because your thinking is wrong. You're trying to think of what you can do to deserve, which basically what you're saying is, he's not going to do it just because he loves me. So your faith is not, and your vision of Him is not the good Father that you've been saying it is. And see, we all need to look in ourselves, and we need to see where that point is. Because there is a point in many people. I had that chance when my mom passed away. And again, I've had that chance again, and and over and over, and I've refused that thought. It's not my thinking. She'll tell me someday when I get there. I'll say, Mom, what's up with that? Like I'd I'd like you to hang around a little while longer, Why, you know? She'll say, "Well, I got to tell you, I was way happier where I was first of all." But let me show you, right? And at that point, I won't need to know anyway. What I need to know right now is what the Word of God says. The Word of God is truth, Amen. And He has, and Jesus spent much of His time trying to show people who God was. If you and we'll go through it. In fact, is turn over to Matthew seven. 
Matthew 7. Jesus, in His ministry, when He taught, He spent time. Why do you suppose He spent time trying to give people an image of the Father? Matthew 6 is all about getting an image of the Father. You know, you guys think that He'll care for these birds, but He doesn't care for you? Why did they think that way? Because the Old Testament had taught them, you do this, 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 and and their priest had taught them, well, you probably didn't do this, you didn't do that. You know, everything they had ever been taught was contrary to what Jesus was now displaying. Right? I mean, the stuff they'd been taught, hard. You know, you got you to do this. And, and you know what? He put the law in place. And it wasn't a bad thing. It was a good thing. Right? You know, people look back at the Old Testament, they look at the law, and they say, well, man, that'd be a tough way to go to have to follow all that stuff. You know what? It's better than the option, wasn't it? Because the option was to be cursed. The law was to be blessed, right? Get in His covenant and be blessed. And people say, well, yeah, but, but you know, if you didn't do what He said, then this came to pass. That still happens. <laughs> it still happens today if we don't do what He says. The difference is, is we can hear directly from Him in here. Amen. We don't have to, you know, we can hear. And the, and the other thing is, is we can see that goodness. What if you were on a curvy road? Man, this thing is curvy. But it has no speed limit. So you just take off and you start driving as fast as you can. Have a wreck and hurt yourself. You didn't do anything wrong. You did absolutely not one thing wrong. There was no speed limit on that road. Right? God said, you know what? They're going to hurt themselves. I'm going to put a speed limit in place. And he put a speed limit in place. So they wouldn't hurt themselves. And now, in this day, when people go over that speed limit, they blame God for making the speed limit rather than themselves for going over it. That's like yelling at the policeman for giving you the ticket. He's just upholding a law that was put in place to help you. Right? God is a good God. And we want to see things that way. Never get off His side. Never get off of God's side. On God's side, good things can happen all the time. Doesn't matter what the world says. Doesn't matter what you see with your physical eyes. If you stay on His side, if you stay with that vision of the good Father who desires to give you good gifts and do good things in your life, and you expect good to be happening all the time, that doesn't no, doesn't matter what you're dealing with right now. Go to the go to dad. Right? Anybody when you were a little kid, man, it didn't matter how scared you got if you could get behind dad. Right? I shared this last time I talked. When I when I went to fix something on my car, I made sure my dad was near me because I knew if I got in too deep, dad was there. Right? And somehow or another, with Him, we could get it fixed. Our Father is so great and so mighty. If we will take the time to stay by His side, to follow His lead all the time, to grab hold of that love that He loves us with, then we will get the best of this land. We will get the best of everything He has for us. He's not trying to withhold anything, but we're keeping it keeping him from doing it. My daughter, (laughs) she likes it when I tell stories about her. But, you know, there's times where her thinking, and she's she's old enough to where she wants to start thinking for herself, and that's great. I've got to learn to let her be led by the Holy Ghost. She's got it in her. But there's times when she is doing things with her attitude and her thoughts where I cannot bless her. And it does not bother her nearly as bad as it bothers me. I am, I am chomping at the bit for her to get in that place where I can do what a dad wants to do. Man, is she just, oh, I got, you know what? I have to watch myself. I'll do things I shouldn't do, right? 
it isn't good to go out there and do things for them when they're not in a position to receive it. You're not going to bless them or you. I remember when she was believing for a laptop several years ago. And, man, she was getting close. And everything in me wanted to make up that difference. I mean, every, oh, man, the dad in me was coming out. And, man, she was so close. And I said, oh, God, I could just, I, I could just give her that. She'd go ahead and believe it in and give it back to me. I was thinking of all kinds of ways I could get that to her. And God said, no. No, it'll be good if she believes for this. If she, it has, and then she can't, she can't look to anybody but me to give glory for getting that laptop. And glory to God, it was hard on me, but I, I, I stepped back and the money came in and she got a laptop. Glory to God. I didn't get it for her. Right? You didn't give her no money. She didn't give her no money. She wanted to as bad as I did. That's what dads do. He's got blessings for us. He's got, he's, he is chomping at the bits. He's just sitting there. You know, the fact is, before we go to Matthew, look, look over at, uh, mm, mm, mm. let me find my verse here. Glory to God, we'll find it. It's in here. I've never, I've never, I don't know why I would have thought I'd have made my notes. First, Second Chronicles 6, put them in any order. Glory to God. Second Chronicles 16.9. Then we'll go back to Matthew. Second Chronicles 16.9. Put it up in the King James first. <laughs> there you go. Well, I mess with them. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards Him. He is sitting there. Can you just see Him? He's like this. And He's Dad. He's like, oh, I need to bless my kid. Man, I'm looking to bless him. Just, I'm, I'm looking to bless him. You give me a reason. Give me one excuse. You're getting ready to get, but give me an excuse. I'll bless you. That's the kind of dad he is. Get, get, get in that position. Look at me right. Put your faith out there. Do something to cause me to act. See if I don't do it. I want to bless you. Look at that in the Amplified. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show Himself strong in behalf of those whose hearts are blameless towards Him in the NIV now whose hearts are fully committed to Him. People do not fully commit to a God they can't trust. If you've listened to religious tradition and you've allowed yourself to think poorly of your Father God, dig into your heart. Because you know what? We get these things not just in the church. We get them just in the world. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, they were saying at one point they said, I don't believe in God. And then they talked about having an accident and almost meet, meeting their maker. I'm like, well, which is it? <laughs> right? But see, people have a vision of God. People who say they don't believe in God have a vision of God. And we'll get to this a little later, but I can show you who most of their vision is. And it's us. So why is it so important to let Him be good in your life? Right? If you're who they're judging what God's like through, you're going to spend a lot more time checking your heart, aren't you? Because you know what? i got to be honest with you. There was a time in my life if, God, if somebody would have come to me and said, Oh, God's really using me. I got that verse in Job that said, Though He slay me, yet I'll serve Him. I'd have said, <laughs> I ain't serving Him. Though He slay me? I'm not saying that's spiritual, but I'm saying in, there was a time in my life where if somebody would have told me that, I'd have said, forget it. I ain't going to be slayed to serve. And He ain't going to slay you to serve Him. He's not going to slay you. Job later said, I've spoken of things too wonderful for me to know, didn't he? Right? I misspoke myself. Because... 
God doesn't slay you to serve Him. God doesn't want people serving Him out of fear. Not, I'm not talking about reverential honor fear. I'm talking about if I don't do this, God's going to get me. People don't serve people out of fear. They, they, may, they may work for them, but they won't serve them. There's a difference. You start working in the church or working at your ministry, you'll get tired in a hurry. You, start, you keep serving and serving the Lord. And you'll stay up, you'll stay up, you'll stay up. Daily, every day, you'll be renewed. I know whenever I'm letting it be work. I, 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 know, I know it's ruining your image of me, but I'm not perfect. Yet. But there are days where I can tell, Dave, you're working. You're not serving me. You're working in the business of the church. Serve me by doing the business of the church. Because it's hard when you're not. (laughs) Trust me. It's hard when you're not just serving God because you love Him, because He's good, and because what happened is you lost vision of who He is and how He is. And how we see will directly affect what we get. Right? It's just true. Amen? We want to see Him good. Go back to... uh, you know, on a side note, to uh, that was that was the story of Asa that God was talking about um, in Second Chronicles there, and Asa had relied on God, had trusted God. You got remember the story that he had a great army come against him, and he said, "You're God, I rely on you." You know, I'm I'm paraphrasing. This is a Dave paraphrase. And and because he totally trusted and committed himself to God's goodness. People say, well, that's God's might. God's might is His goodness if you need, if you need might right now. It's what, what do you need? That's going to be His goodness. Amen. If you need healing, then that's His goodness. If you need salvation, that's His goodness. If you need prosperity, that's His goodness. Amen. Right? We don't want to narrow His goodness down to our view of good. Because then you can only get what your view is. I want to get what His view is. Glory to God. Glory to God. But, but Asa had relied on God and had trusted Him. And all of a sudden, he saw the same, same type of opportunity. Rather than relying on God, and I know none of y'all have ever done that, same situation, basically, and you go and, you go, you go and try another way. Right? Lost his vision. Lost his vision of who God is. Right? People say, oh, you just messed up. Yeah, it, that's when you mess up, right? You got your eyes fixed on Jesus. You got your eyes fixed on God. And all of a sudden, well, now here's a way. You know? No. How you mess up is you get your eyes off of Him, off of His goodness, off of His plan. And when we get our eyes off of Him, we get to another plan, right? Vision's messed up, right? We don't get what we want. Glory to God, Asa didn't get what he wanted. Got mad after that. Never, never did come back around, actually. No? We won't go any further than that. Be happy. Smile back at me. We're not doing that, are we? Anybody planning on quitting relying on God today in here? Okay, tomorrow, ask yourself that same question. That's a way easier question to ask in church. Right? Tomorrow. Right before you open the mailbox. Right before you go to work. Right before you get up to look for your new job. Right? Right before you believe that that cough's going away. Right? Right, but right when the middle of everything that's going on, do what Asa did that first time. Think about how big that was in Asa. That army was way more than he could deal with. And he stood up and said, God, only you could help us win this. And we're relying on it. Right? That's the time to say it. But he had to have that vision before it happened. Right? Right now is where your vision needs to be formed 
about the goodness of God. We can't just sit in church and hope we'll think he's good, right, when the news says we're in a recession. You know, I always thought recess was good. You know, I was always looking for recess. You know, the teacher said, hey, it's almost time for recess. I was like, glory to God. I can get all this other stuff off my mind. But when when, when that's said, that's not the time to say, oh, no. Oh, no, I better go make covenant with another country. I better go do this. I bet I got to find six other things to do in case my company or my business or blah, 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 blah. Right? God did not change and His ability did not change. What changed? Our vision of Him. He does not change. That's the time to grab hold and say, God, I don't care. I do not care what they say. I do not care what I see. I don't care. I see you seated on the throne of my life. And I refuse to believe anything contrary to what you've told me. And the bill will say, oh yeah, but I'm still here. Don't look at it. And if you do, say, shut up. Right? It's Practice it now. Practice that faith in His goodness now. Where were we going? Matthew? Matthew 7, that's right. We were talking about Jesus and how He spent a good portion of time telling people how good God was. Right? And then He spent the rest of His time showing them. I wonder what we ought to be doing. Has that changed? That is the Gospel. That, that's the gospel. God is good. He hasn't changed. He loves you. And He'll do for you what, you can, what you'll let Him. Amen? That's the gospel. It's not hard. You know, you got people who won't believe it on one side. And then you got people making it spooky on another side. Yeah, weird, ain't, weird ain't cool. You, you will scare more people away from the gospel then get them in. Right? On the other hand, telling people, you better get saved, going to hell, better get saved, you're going to hell. You know what? That fear tactic is a sad old tactic. And I don't find it in the Bible. I do find where you can tell them the good news and there is a downside. But you don't have to have the downside. Right? And so, it's all good. Right? Amen. Matthew 7. Jesus. Teaching. And Jesus teaching. That'd catch your attention, wouldn't it? Amen. Amen. That's, That's how we are in the world. Hallelujah. Matthew 7. Um... Verse 9, how about that? Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, how much more will your Father give, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts? To those who ask him. That's Jesus trying to show us. You know what? You wouldn't do this to your son. See, we need to think about that when we're thinking these traditional thoughts that say, Well, I'm probably going through this financial thing. God's testing me. You know, that's when you say, Wait, um, would you do that to your son? Huh? Would you say, you know what, I don't want you to have a house or clothes or anything because I'm going to test you to see how you do with them. No, I'd rather test them and give them money and say, okay, let's see how you do with that. Right? Right? And that's how the father in the parable tested them. He didn't say, well, go without and I'll see if you can handle money. No, he gave them money. He couldn't handle it. Right? But he didn't put him in the pig trough. Because good fathers don't. 
Good fathers don't put their kid in the pig trough. The kid put himself in the pig trough. Right? Good fathers test their kids with good things. Glory to God. Right? It says right there. If your son asked for bread, would you give him? I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat a stone, so I definitely wouldn't give Ramsey a stone. The fact is, I'd probably give her a bread with too much butter on it. <laughs> right? Because I like butter on my bread. She likes it with me, so she'd eat it. Glory to God. And I definitely wouldn't give her no snake. Don't like snakes. I wouldn't give her fish either, though. So. Okay. <laughs> Let's get back on the lesson. <laughs> we give her steak. Glory to God. <laughs> Steak and potatoes and bread. There you go. Glory to God. But what I would do is I'd give her something good, and I'd give her something that she liked. And he's specifically saying for someone that asks. So now you've asked God to help you in your finances, and, and the next thing you know, it's looking worse. Is that time to say, oh, I prayed this must be my help? Right? Anybody ever watched A Wonderful Life? You guys have all watched A Wonderful Life, right? Right? And George Bailey gets knocked in the face and he's bleeding. And they say, hey, your lip's bleeding. He says, yeah, I got that in answer to a prayer. What? People believe that's how God is because of that movie. That's what I'm telling you guys. Traditional thinking doesn't just come out of the church. People will form their own opinions without instruction. Right? They'll grab hold of whatever they can without instruction. And what they do is they just take their experience and say, well, you know, I've heard somebody say one time, everything that happens is God had to have something to do with it, so this must be right. And so now they've got a whole opinion formed. In fact, it's a whole new religion. Right? And they don't even go to church. And now they're going to go teach that. Right? They're not going to go out and teach it purposely, but something's going to come up. And somebody's going to be standing next to them. They're going to say, yeah, things are really going bad. And the person next to them will say, yeah, it's been going bad for me. Hell, God, God's probably teaching you something too. <laughs> now his doctrine's set. Why? He didn't go to church either. Right? Why is it so important for us to be the light and the salt of this world? Because when somebody comes out with that plain, tasteless gospel that has no one bit of truth to it, it's important to say, you know, maybe he's good and you just need to pray. Maybe you need to trust him and ask. You know, give him an option. My mom was good at that. Man, we'd go to Bible study and somebody would start spouting some of this stuff. She'd never, you know, I'm one of those people, I want to get him and shake him and say, no, God's good. You know, hit him in the nose a couple times. You don't believe it, you're wrong. <clears throat> and she'd go, she'd turn to that verse and she'd say, you know, maybe if you looked at it this way. And you know what she was doing? Was she was changing their vision in love and giving them an opportunity to change the way they see God. And by doing that, I saw a lot of people, a lot of people that, would, that, that believed some of this junk come around and say, you know, God is good. I can see now where I missed that. I messed it up. I just didn't know He was good, and I didn't even ask. Right? There's a billion reasons, but none of them are going to be God. Because He's still sitting up there going to and fro, to and fro, looking, just looking for somebody to bless. Amen? He is good. Glory to God. Man, where, where were we at? Let's go to the next page. How about that? What I was talking about with the salt and light, though, we are so many people's vision of God. That is why I spend a lot of time teaching God is good. Because the fact of the matter is, is as good as we believe He is, He's better than that. And that theology will be tested over and over and over and over again. And it will never fail if we'll stay on it. It is an impossibility 
if we believe in His goodness and we stick with His Word and our vision of Him never changes, it is an impossibility for His Word to fail. That is an immovable foundation that if we will set ourselves on it, we will not fail. It's just true. His goodness cannot fail. Why? Because it's His goodness that saved you. It's His goodness that heals you. It's His goodness that brings everything good to your life and allows you to display His goodness through you. Right? That's why it's so important. What, what's going to lead? My wife said the Scripture earlier today. Right? Look, let's look at uh, Romans 2. Romans 2. King James. Verse 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads men to, leads thee, which he's talking to us, to repentance, leads men to repentance. It leads, it is what will truly give you repentance. It's not the fear of God. Not, not, let me rephrase that. It's not being afraid of God. Yes, we want to fear and reverence God. He is God and He is holy. That reverential fear will never change. I had of a, I still to this day have a reverential fear for my earthly father. He called, and I've told this story in prayer, I think, but he called me a year or two ago. It was two years ago, I think now. And uh, he wanted to go to breakfast. He said, we're going to breakfast tomorrow. I said, I'll see if I can. He said, no, we're going to breakfast tomorrow. I said, yes, sir. I was 44 years old or so. You know, I could have said, well, I'm not. I'm a man. I don't have to do what my dad said. No. I respect him. And he said, we're going to breakfast. Guess what we did? Went to breakfast. Glory to God. Had a good time doing it too, by golly. That's one of those you'll eat it and like it things. <laughs> Glory to God. Good thing I like breakfast, no. Glory to God. But if you go up in this chapter just a little, he talks about judgment. He talks about passing judgment on someone. He talks about you being the judge. That's not going to lead men to God. That doesn't give people a good image of the Father. When somebody's not doing something right and you say, ooh, Ooh, that's bad. Oof. You better stop it or God's going to get you. Or you are really evil. Stay away from me. That, that is never, ever going to lead somebody to the goodness of God. That's never going to, you know, if they got saved because of that, it would be very difficult. And I, and I can tell you for a fact, I got saved because I was afraid. I got saved in the church because they told a story about a boy going, not going to the altar and... He's on his way home, and he died in a car accident. Anybody ever heard that story? Yeah, I don't know how true that story is, but it sure scared me right to the altar. Amen? Seven years old, hearing that story? Man, I don't know if Mom's driving me home, but I ain't dying. And I definitely ain't going to hell. Didn't serve him a day of my life again until I was in my teens. And then still didn't serve him with all my heart after that until 20s. Knew him. Don't get me wrong. Had a mom. Could not know God in my house. Not going to happen. Never served him. Why? Only reason I came is because I was afraid. I didn't think about his love. I didn't think about his goodness. I got everything that you could get from him. What? Out of fear. Right? I got to have that salvation. Can't be going to hell. You know what? I'm so glad I found out he was good. Because you can serve that God. You can get a vision of that dad that says, my son asked for this, but <laughs> how much more can I give him? How much more? All he asked for was a fish. I'm going to give him a freezer full. Right? All he asked for was to go to heaven... I'm going to heal his body. All he asked for was 
a trip to be with me someday, I'm going to give him prosperity. And he packaged that all up. Because that's your father and my father. That's what he does. He is good. He's looking for things good to do for us. He's already got it all packaged and prepared for us. And all we have to do is keep our eyes focused, keep our minds straight, not allow ourselves to think wrong thoughts and do wrong things. Get rid of the preconceived notions. Right? Glory to God. Where were we going? Oh, we were in Romans. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to Matthew uh, 15. Show you some stuff that will change, change your vision the wrong way. No, I don't like that one. Go to, Matthew, go to Mark 7. Sorry. I like that one, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. No, we won't say it that way. I like it a lot. God likes it? I like it. Glory to God. Mark 7. Mark 7 in verse 8 says, You have let go of the commands of God and are holding to the traditions of men. If you look at that back in Matthew, it says you've made the word powerless in the Amplified Bible by holding to the traditions of men. And that's not, you know what? You can say, well, yeah, they were taking the law and mixing it up. You know what? If you take your life experiences and say, you know, I'm dealing with this. Let me find something in the Word to uh, confirm that it's okay to deal with that then what you're going to do is you're going to take your experience and you're going to find, though He slay me, yet I'll serve Him. And that's your new doctrine now. I'm going through a whole bunch of trouble, but I'm going to serve God even though He's slaying me. And your vision of Him is now... So when does that quit now? Right? guess you got to get to the end of the book of Job. But if you'll really read, by the end of it, you'll hear Him say, I shouldn't have said that. Right? That's the way these doctrines get set up, guys. That's how people's visions get skewed. We do not want our vision skewed. If, if you see something in the Word that does not line up with God is good, you're missing something. I remember I was in a Sunday school class one time, and I wasn't teaching it. It was, you know, God said, go sit in the Sunday school class. And I said, okay. And uh, I was sitting in there, and they were reading something out of the Old Testament, and and then the teacher in the class, and we knew, I knew him well. He's a good guy, and he, but he knew what I, where, what I believe. Of course, back then, I'd shake you if you didn't know what I believe. But we were looking at something that really looked contrary to God is good. And I thought, hmm. and I said, and, and he then he put me on the spot. He said, Dave, so what do you think about that verse? I said, you know what? All I can tell you is we're missing something. I didn't try to explain it. I didn't try to fit it into something. I didn't try to make a new doctrine. I said simply, we're missing something. And later, I don't remember the passage, but later I went home and I studied it out. And I said, because God, I know you're good. And see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. If you won't change your vision, He'll show you. He'll show you. My daughter asked me the other day when we were reading... uh, or some one of her friends asked her about Ecclesiastes seven. I'm like, oh no, not Ecclesiastes. But I read back in the in the into the scriptures and just to see what he was saying. Yeah. And if you look, and you'll look with that in mind, look from God's side. Don't look from your human side. See, we have this temptation to feel for those that are standing in front of us. And they're saying, oh, I'm going through this and I'm going through that and this. And your heart hurts for them because you don't want them. And you know just saying God's good is not going to make them happy. And you're wanting to find an answer for them. And there's just not one outside of you need to trust God. But we have this thing in us that wants to take their side. 
You know, and, and see, uh, human compassion, human compassion, not godly compassion, has built up so many traditional beliefs that there are still people walking in them daily, trying to get things from God. Right? What do you end up doing? You try, you're, you end up manipulating Him, or, you know, you're, you're oh God, it's really bad. Can you help now? <laughs> He's like, I don't help because it's really bad. That's not what draws me. Oh, oh God, oh God, if you could just please see your way fit. If I could, is there a way I could beg long enough to make this happen? No, no, I'm not moved by begging. I love you too much to do that. If I do it this once, you'll beg all the time. And you'll grow up and be a beggar. Right? See, but you've got to see His side. It's like when we're kids. We don't see our parents' side. Right? No, I really don't think you... My mom used to do that to me all the time. No, I don't think you ought to go, but be led. Oh, she just doesn't know what she's talking about. She doesn't. She's just messing with me because she doesn't want me to have some good times. No. She loves me. And it would have been better for me to miss that. Right? Glory to God. I remember when I, believe it or not, I used to chew skull. You know? I started in seventh grade because I was cool. You know. It's good to grow out of being cool. We're really hard to be cool, you know. I see adults trying to be cool now, and I'm like, phew, that's got to be hard. And when I catch myself trying to be cool, I smack myself in the head real quick. It's too big of a life. But I was cool, and I chewed skull. And my mom, she caught me in seventh grade, I think right between seventh and eighth grade, and she said, you know, you could uh, keep doing that. That's up to you. But she said, and I'm not concerned of what it will do to you physically. She said, I am concerned, however, of what it will do between you and God. And it, it, it will separate you from Him because you're choosing to do something that's contrary to what He would have you do. And, and she said it about like I'm talking to you right now. She wasn't mad. She wasn't fly off the handle. She said, it, it'll separate you. And years later, after I quit, I looked back on that and I saw that as the time that I truly separated myself from God. As the time I truly started walking away and not looking to Him for things in my life anymore. And God, a long ways out there. Places I didn't want to go. Right? Lost my vision of the goodness of God. Thank God. Had a praying mom. Prayed me right back. Wasn't going to let me go. Right? When I came back, her and dad, sitting there waiting on me. You know, I don't know. She never even looked worried. That was the thing, you know. She wasn't. She believed in a good God. We believe in a good God. You don't lose hope in a good God. Your trust doesn't fade in a good God when that vision is so strong in you that you refuse to let go, that's when you'll have everything He has for you. Right? That's when, that's when healing happens like that. Right? Because you can't think of any reason why He wouldn't. And see, when we can think of a reason why we wouldn't get our healing, we need to go to the Word. We need to go to the Word where it says His mercy endures forever. And you can just say, you know what, Satan? If there's no other reason for Him to heal me, His mercy is more than enough. Don't let the devil talk you out of stuff because your thinking life is just messed up. Let's get in the Word of God and let's change that. The way we change it is we get in the Word of God before we have the question about what's going on. And then when the situation comes up, we already know. Well, we, I don't have to fit my situation into the Word of God. The Word of God has already spoken against it. Right? I don't have to be sick. I don't have to be broke. I don't have to be any of these bad things. The Word of God is true. And I'm believing it. I refuse to get into tradition and start believing what I think about God because of my circumstance. Right? I will not change my vision of God to match my circumstance. Right? 
What's he say? Faith has eyes, right? Let's look at that. Faith has eyes in Second Corinthians. What's it say? For what, in, in chapter four, verse sixteen, I'll, I'll read it. I'll put it up. You don't have to turn there. Chapter sixteen, King James Version. Chapter four. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians, chapter four, verse sixteen. Let me slow down and talk. For which cause we faint not. There's a key right there. We faint not. That Christians ought to just go around saying, "I faint not." And whenever something comes up that that says that says, "Oh, you're not going to make it through this," you can look at it and you say, "I faint not." Right? That should that should just be our normal answer to the devil's questions. Hey, the flu's out there. I faint not. Right? Recession's going on. I faint not. Talk to that stuff. I don't, that, that ain't spooky. That's just smart. Amen. Glory to God. Right. Don't say it to people. They'll think it's none of their business. Say it to the circumstance. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen. So we don't look at that. That's your physical eyes, right? You don't look at your circumstances, but you do look, right? The, the understood subject there is looking, right? So you could actually put, but we look at the things which are not seen. You're going to look at something that's not seen. That's what faith, that's what faith does. Faith has eyes. It looks at things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. They're circumstances. They're subject to change. They could change just like that if you'll get the Word involved in them. Right? They can change immediately if we take the Word and faint not. Right? We look at the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal. But the things which are not seen are eternal. They're truth. Temporary things are facts. Right? They're they're momentary facts of a situation that is about to change. Why? Because I faint not at my vision of a good God who heals my body, who, who prospers me in no matter what time of day it is or what time in the world it is. I believe in a God that gives me peace and joy in the saddest of situations. Right? In the most turmoil you can get. I don't have to be moved. Right? As long as I don't change my vision. The minute I compromise my, my side with God, the minute I choose to say, well, maybe. You know, that's why I said I didn't entertain those thoughts. It's not that those thoughts don't come about my mom going home early. It's not that they don't come. It's not that the, the enemy's not going to try and bring questions up. Of course he is. Good land. That was my mentor, my friend. Shoot, yeah. wonder if I can get Dave to change his vision to God. I'll use his mom. No. I faint not. No. Fact is, if I did, I'd be doing a smacking when I got up there, too. I faint not. And I'm not changing what I believe. One bit. Because I don't believe it because of something that happened out here. I believe it because His Word says it's true. I believe I'm saved because He said, if I'll confess with my mouth and I'll believe in my heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, that I'll be saved. I believe that because His Word says it. I don't have to wake up and feel it every day. If I do, then I get saved and unsaved a whole bunch. Right? Talked about this before. Everybody in here wake up and they say, man, I just feel so saved today. Saved ain't a feeling. It's a state of being. It's what you are. Glory to God. You may feel saved, but you were saved whether you felt it or not. Glory to God. Man, I really got my notes messed up now. That's all right. What do we believe about Him? Good. What do we see? And How we see. How we see Him is how we'll receive from Him. 
if we see Him as the good God that has so much more, that has exceeding abundance. These aren't just words on a page. These are my dad talking to me. You know what? Everybody that has a good father, if their father came up to him and said, tomorrow I'm doing this for you, that was settled. You were getting ready to have it. You might as well just start preparing, right? Why? Because he's a good father. You trust him. You're committed to him as a son. You're not planning on walking away anytime soon. You you can't even get out of it if you do. Right? He's a good God. He's looking for good things. He's looking for good things for us. He seated us together with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Good things. What did he do? He said, you know what? I'm going to put them up here. You know, they, they think they ought to be down here. I'm going to seat them up here. I'm going to seat them right next to the Son because they're a Son. Glory to God. They're my Son. And I'm going to seat them with me in heavenly places. Amen? Why? So that in the ages to come I can show the exceeding riches of my grace and kindness towards, towards them through Christ Jesus. He's putting us in places so that He can show His goodness in our life. Not just because He just loves you, but because He loves the guy that doesn't know Jesus behind you. And He knows that if He can slip that goodness in on you and they see it, oh man, man, oh, oh, they just saw my goodness. They're getting ready to get saved. They are going to repent. Look at that. Oh, I'm going to bless them because they're getting ready to see my goodness. Glory to God. He won't say, I guess, glory to himself. He is looking for ways to stream his goodness through this world, and we are that porthole. Right? You available for that? You available for his goodness to go through you? Can you continue to see him day in, day out, no matter what the circumstance? And this is the commitment you've got to make. I don't care what else is going on. He's good. And I'm going to serve him. I'm going to trust him. That's why the disciples didn't leave in John 6. They finally said, I don't understand it. You know, they didn't understand any better than all those that left. You know, when he was preaching about eating my flesh, drinking my blood, that'd mess with you. You know, wow, this guy's been pretty good up to this point, but this is hard. You know, we're going to eat some flesh and drink some blood. We're talking a little cannibalism here. This is hard. I'm going to leave. But these other guys have been hanging around so long. He looks at him and says, you going to leave too? Who else has the words of life? They saw more than that lesson. It didn't say, oh, we understand perfectly what you're talking about, Jesus. I don't think they understood a lick more what anybody else did. But they believed in the goodness. They had seen God in Jesus. And their vision had changed. And they refused to step down. Right? God's good. Looking to do good things for you? Looking to do good things for me? Psalm 119.68 says, Thou art good, and and you do good. Dave translation, you're good, and you're doing good. It's real simple. That's, That's God. If you think anything other than that, you're wrong. You've got no word to back it up either. The only thing you can do is pull some Scripture out of context and say, I don't want to believe He's good, so I'm going to take this Scripture and I'm going to believe it alone by itself because I don't want to believe He's good. It's easier for me just to have bad stuff happen. Right? I've had people tell me that. Right? It's easier just to fail. Well, of course it's easier to fail. You don't have to do nothing to fail, right? We just talked about that Wednesday night, didn't we? Failure, every failure in the world quit. Right? Everybody that ever failed quit. I failed before. Guess what I did? I quit. It was really easy. 
I always tell my wife, I said, you want to take the kitten back? She, <laughs> when she was young, her parents got her cat, and she got scared because she didn't think she could take care of it. <laughs> and she it cried. All as a kitten, of course it cried. She had him take it back because <laughs> she didn't want the responsibility. What? It was easier not to have the kitten, right? So many times God puts us in a situation to be great, right? A good situation, a situation to shine His glory, His goodness through us, and we quit, right? Other times we put ourselves in a circumstance, bad circumstance, same God. says, if you'll just change your vision, I'll, I'll magnify myself through you. Right? If we'll not quit, if we'll hook back onto Him, we'll succeed. We will not fail because He will not fail. Right? If you are hooked on to somebody that can't fail, what's your chances of failure? Zero. If you unhook, what's your chances of failure? 100%. Because even if you succeed on your own, it's not true success. Right? Glory to God. You guys want to see God right? I want to see God right. I'm not going to change my vision. I don't know how many more notes I got, but I think we've got it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Everybody stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just thank Him for His goodness. Lord, we do thank You. We thank You that we can always, always, always see Your goodness in Your, in your Son, Jesus, in our lives. Lord, help us. Thank You, Lord. Thank You. Thank You. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. You got a song? God.